Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Don't Blame Me. My name is Megan. My name's Melissa. And together, we're a menace and a half. Mm-mm. Good. Tasty. Fing- no, what's the finger looking good one? Finger looking good is KFC. KFC. Mm-mm, good is Campbell's. Is it finger looking good? To be honest, when I was in high school, um, there was a I could we could leave at senior year we could leave um to go for lunch, and there's a KFC behind my school, and I would drive over there, and they had like a kids menu where you would get like three chicken strips, a mashed potato, uh applesauce. And a fruit roll-up and a drink for like $3. And in that case, yes, it was. I think they call it a laptop pack or something because it was like in the shape of a laptop. Oh, and then everything was in it. I just think that like 
on paper, what they serve is fucking great. Like, I just think that like more fast food restaurants should have mashed. I should be able just to like go through a drive through window and get mashed potatoes and gravy. Like, yeah. that's like, that's fire to me. Like, I'm like, that is, yeah. that is delicious. I don't need, um, actually, I do need onion rings. But like, there are other things that I'm like, I don't, I don't need this. But like, you know what I always need more of? Mashed potatoes. I think they should be a year round food. I eat mashed. You don't eat mashed potatoes. No, no, I do eat mashed potatoes year round. But like a lot of people think of mashed potatoes as exclusively a like Thanksgiving and Christmas kind of dish. I mean, Mons doesn't like mashed potatoes. So maybe that's why he thinks of it as exclusively those holiday dishes. Okay. Um, But no, like I growing up, like that was like only a thing. Oh, we were eating mashed potatoes all the time. Yeah, because they're good. That's what I think. I'm like, that's what we I I'm I'm here for that. But they're instant mashed potatoes, but there's some, they're still for what they are. They're good. I haven't had it in years from what I remember. It was good. Well, let's keep it with a fond memory and we can align with KFC and we are also finger licking good. So this is a podcast <laughs> where we give you wonderful, amazing life changing advice. And if you want to call to participate in an upcoming episode, you can give us, leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976. International listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com or you can send us a DM or you can email us, type it out to that same email address. So for the voice call and the voice memo, you have three minutes. And for the written version, DM as well as email, 300 words. You only have to remember like three, three, you know, the three is the through line and you need to be H and over, have your parents' permission you can let us know your pronouns if you would like, but we do ask and we require that you let us know how old you are because it is very helpful. And if it's about a relationship, how long you've been together, as many details as possible. And the best way to do that is to write everything down and read it out loud, time it out, practice a few times, and then just read it on the call. Make sure that you, you know, you can sit on it for a day or so to like make sure you have all the, like as much information because we can only go off of what we have. And if we have to like, you know, patch it up or like infer some things, we might infer wrong. And then it might be like, well, this was a waste. And we don't want it to be like, we actually want to help you. And let us know if you're sensitive because we will take that into account despite people just thinking we're ruthlessly mean. Some people, I want them to think that. Well, some people deserve that. Mm -hmm. You'll notice that those are not the people who ever say like, please be nice. Or no, those are never the people who are saying like, you know, if I'm in the wrong, like I can take it. And like, that, those are the calls where it's like, hey, someone ran me over with their car and then like told me I was ugly. Like, you can tell me if I was being a bitch, I can take it. And I'm like, what? In what world did you record this and hear what you said that you went through that you thought that you could be the villain of this story? It's never, it's not, it's not. No, no. Well, today we have an update. A very exciting update for us personally. Yeah, so uh, open your ear holes and listen so take it away whenever you're ready okay so hello i am from the call i think it was titled i'm forgettable um but it was the one about my friend thinks i'm going to hell because i'm bisexual so long story short we're no longer friends but we still do work together and so like i want to say the first week of december is like when i get to switch campuses and not have to be around her anymore thankfully but we did have a conversation over text message which wasn't my favorite because the whole thing is I was never scared of like confronting her because at the point to where she like said what she said, I was like, okay, fuck you. You're homophobic. I don't want to be your friend anymore. But I was scared because the job that we work, it's like, it's childcare, but it's at a church. 
And so we just know how churches can be with like just gay people in general. So I was like, in the grand scheme of things, I don't want her to like get mad at me because I've never like seen her like angry or like vindictive. So I was like, she could be like, oh, you're gay. I'm going to get you fired from our job. And the only reason I have this job that we work together is because it's like flexible enough to where I can like call out and like do all these things. And like, it's not super strict because the full-time job that I have is also homophobic. Mm. Um, And I literally signed, like there's like a contract that make you sign like a sexual health policy thing. It's really bad because they like rope it into a sense of like, oh, we're just trying to make sure like you're keeping yourself like pure and good or whatever. So they include like, you can't have sex before marriage. You can't do this and you can't do that. Yeah. And this is common because the college I went to did the same exact thing. So this is like a thing that I'm used to in the circles that I'm in. So, and the thing is, I don't hate my job because I get to work with kids and I love the kids that I get to work with because I get to work with middle schoolers. I myself, I don't consider myself like religious anymore. I feel like I'm really attuned to like what Melissa says, like, I'm just vibing, you know, I'm just here. And so, because it's not like I'm dating anybody, but like me being gay is a factor that could get me fired. So I'm like, if, what I name her, London, I was like, if London gets mad at me, then she could be like, oh, I'm going to tell our boss, I'm going to tell your boss, I'm going to get you fired. Now that I think she was, but I was like, I need to tell this son because I'm broke and I need this money. So I was like yeah. waiting and taking their money is great. Yeah, it's great to take their money. It's not a lot at all. Like I need a better job, but you know, we're here for now. So I was like waiting and I also hadn't talked to May yet because what I didn't include is that May doesn't live in the same city that me and London do. So if I had the conversation with May, it would have been like over FaceTime, which it was it didn't go super great. So I called her after we had been paying phone tax for like two weeks. And she was like in the mall when I called her. And I was like, well, I can't like drop this news to her in the mall. Because I wanted to text her before and be like, hey, I want to talk to you to catch up. But like, this is kind of more serious. But I have anxiety. I know she has anxiety. And I didn't want to like send her that text message and she like be at work or like somewhere where she couldn't like process this safely. So we were on the phone, she was in the mall, she left the mall, went to the grocery store, left the grocery store, went home to cook. And so I had like a little bit of time to tell her. So I just like dropped the bomb. And I just like saw like her, she like went through the same motions that I did whenever I heard it. She was like, well, I thought she would feel different because of like my girlfriend. I was like, yeah. She's like, I thought she would like, she supported it because of this. I was like, I thought the same thing. And we just like kind of went back and forth a little bit. And then like the conversation like ended abruptly because like her girlfriend called her and like we just never talked about it again, which it didn't really matter for me what she did. I just didn't want to put her in like a compromising position because like we were close friends, like all three of us. So it's like, I don't want to wreck our friendship and make it like harder for May and London to like be friends. So I told her and then after that, I was like, okay. Well, one, I need to switch campuses because the one, the good thing with the job that I work with London is that I can like switch locations because there's one closer to my apartment. But I didn't want to do that because personally, I was like, well, you're the homophobic one. Like you're the one that like wrecked our friendship. I don't want to have to move because I like my coworkers. Like I like the kids that we work with, but I was like, I just, I can't be here anymore. And so that's kind of like the point that we're at right now. I saw her last night, actually. It's a lot of tension because she, I don't think she's like fully taken except like responsibility for what she did. Because the text conversation basically was her texting me because May was coming into town. She came like last weekend. And usually if she came to town, we would all three hang out together. But the fact that London and I aren't friends anymore, like throws a wrench in that, but we still hadn't had a conversation. And so she texted me and she was like, I feel like there's like tension between us and like, we need to talk about it. And then I'm just like ignoring each other. And I was like, yeah, there is tension. Yeah, we probably should have talked sooner or later. 
But I was like, at the end of the day, I don't think I want to continue this friendship, which is like the boldest thing that I've ever said to anybody because I'm just a very, I'm a very shy little girl. And she's like, oh, I understand. I just want what's best for you. I'm like, you can't act like all nice and high and mighty right now. So I'm like, at some point, like, you know what you did. Because she was even, whenever I saw her at work, she'd be like, I just don't feel like, like you don't like me anymore. Like, I don't really feel like we're friends anymore. I was like, oh my gosh, why do you feel like that? <laughs> she was just like, she's like, I don't know. I just, we don't hang out as much. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'll be better. Which is like a full lie because uh, fuck you, you're homophobic. You're going to hell anyway. So what does it matter? Yeah. What, does it, what does it matter? We're not going to end up in the same place. So I don't think you really care about me. Can't write you a postcard, bitch. It's, sorry. It'll burn before I get there. Sorry. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and so, so like she said that. And then like we went back and forth and I basically said, I was like, at the end of the day, I think we have different thoughts when it comes to my sexuality and I don't think we can be friends anymore. And she was like, okay, I'm not going to lie. I don't know like where you're coming from with that. Like I've never said anything bad about your sexuality or anybody else's, which is a lie, (laughs) mind you, because when we talk about celebrities who like transition or anything like that, she's always just very, she knows what she's doing. And so I, this is, I'm really proud of myself here. This is, I feel like I cleared her. Maybe it's not that good of a response. I think it was great. But she was like, I don't think I've ever said anything. And I was like, consciously, no, you haven't said anything. But I was like, when you were on laughing gas and when I took care of you, you said this. And I was sure to not include May in that conversation because I didn't know like what they were doing. I didn't want to like mix up anything between the two of them. But I was like, you said this, it hurt me. And I was like, I was using this time of us not talking to like, evaluate wanted to do which is a lie I just said that to make her feel like a little bit better but I was like I, I was like whether this is like a conscious thought that you have in your head like you, you like you still believe or like you used to believe this and don't anymore I was like either way I can't be your friend anymore and I was like left it at that and she was like okay well, like maybe we'll talk and that might help but like I just want what's best for you so I have left it at that and now we just passively see each other at our jobs which is not fun because it's kind of close quarters but she acts polite, I act polite, and I just do what I have to do to get my paycheck until I can move campuses. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Does people normally say things on Laughing Gas? I don't think homophobic things. I think silly, funny no, things. I, no, because I think that, like, I'm trying to remember because when I got my wisdom teeth out, like, I was, like, un, like I was more under, like, IV mm-hmm. kind of under. And so that's one where, like, yeah, you don't remember. But, like, mm-hmm. Laughing Gas, like, she should like I don't know that you don't remember what you say and so like her whole playing dumb I also really don't like that I want what's best for you because I'm like the thinly veiled to me is like I just don't want you to be gay Mm -hmm. I just want you to not go to hell Mm -hmm. and it's like fuck off like you know what you're like you're not that dumb and this whole time she never apologized and that's how I know that she because number one she never apologized and number two because like this conversation was happening through text message and I found out later I'm like 90% sure that while she was having this conversation with me, she was hanging out with May in person because like the timelines of like her being here like line up. And I know that she knows she was wrong because it was like five to 10 minutes between like our replies before I told her like exactly why I didn't want to be her friend anymore. And then she didn't reply for hours. So I'm like, you know, you fucked up. You know, like you can't, number one, you can't talk yourself out of this because you still believe this way and like you have nothing to say. And so, you know, it's her loss. Yeah, it, it is. totally is her loss. Yeah. And I'm proud of you for you. standing up for yourself. I was also, my therapist is proud of me. I was very proud of myself, so I appreciate that. And I will say the like calling in really helped because a lot of like things that I didn't even think of about like just feeling bad for like not 
recognizing the warning signs earlier and also just like letting myself be so comfortable around her. But I was also like, this was my friend. Like she just bamboozled me into thinking that she was like a different person, which is not my fault. Yeah, we don't assume the worst about friends. Like mm-hmm. that's like you will give naturally give people the benefit of the doubt that you're friends with, like not consciously because it's like, well, of course, like they become safe people. Yeah. Like it's just like you wouldn't even think of that. I don't know if I said this in the original call, but I just looked it up to see if she does. Did I mention anything about Andrea Russett and Sandra in that one? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because I was going to say, I looked it up and Andrea has a f- almost a 30 minute video talking about like all of it. Mm-hmm. And it very like matches very similar in the sense that like Sandra won't even apologize because in her belief system, she's like, no, no, if I apologize, then they're like, then I'm taking back what I truly believe. And mm-hmm. it's like the most condescending. And I didn't grow up with this kind of religion aspects at all. But she does talk about in like the frustrating sense of like, this holier than now person who's just like trying to like be like oh like this like no I just want what's bad I just want all of these things and where it's like it's like I'm not even fighting with someone or having a conversation with someone who is like a human mm-hmm. like they're treating me like they are at this entity that is so fucking above me that is like so belittling and patronizing mm-hmm. so I would I would recommend that video and I fucking hate people like this yeah. and she's and I and the thing is like this situation had just shown me like this is probably what's going to happen once I like quit my job and like be like mm-hmm. out in public because I'm not because the thing is I have like a great support system of friends who like love me and like care about me and all that stuff but also so many people in my life right now who are like I love you I will do anything for you like I know like whenever I do like come out public they're like oh my gosh I don't support this like I love you but like I can't I can't be around you anymore I'm just like this is just the yeah. beginning of like a long trend of things and I just hate that she was the first one because I don't the thing is I wish I hated her and like part of me does because she's horrible but I'm also like, she's so kind of funny sometimes. And I think I would feel differently if I didn't have to see her all the time. It's just not fun. But that's what you get whenever you're homophobic. Because now all her friends are going to be boring. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's very true. It's scientific. Like, if she does, like, tell, like, you're something like that and, like, you don't have another job lined up, you also can just lie and be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, and, like, I never really thought she would do something like that. But I was like, who knows? And I thought it might happen in a sense of, like, people notice that we're not as, like, friendshipy as we used to be and then they'd be like oh my gosh what happened and she she can't that would play into yeah it. she can't hold water if she tried like she she will tell everything and ever- which there was one time i was i was hanging out with her i hit a gate at her apartment this is part of the reason why my car was fucked up for like so many months and she told you hit a gate i hit a, <laughs> gate. a gate like one of those automatic gate. gates the gate okay. hit me and this should have been my first red flag is because I was embarrassed. I didn't want anyone to know. She was showing people the videos. She was showing people pictures. She was telling the story the whole time. And I was like, this is not your story to tell, even if you were in the car. And that should have been my first red flag that she doesn't, she doesn't care about anything. So <sighs> bye-bye, London. So sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry, but. I, no, it sucks when like people like that you like for better like they're like they have traits whether they're funny or Mm -hmm. like they're fun to hang out with or whatever that like I think are harder traits to have it's a lot easier to just like not be homophobic Mm -hmm. and like but it's a lot harder to have a sense of humor and it's like if you have all these other things that you check off and then I'm like you're gonna go down by being just like a bigot like that Mm -hmm. that's gonna be what takes you down Mm -hmm. like god like you you have the cards to not Mm -hmm. be this like you could be very cool and awesome and so like mourning those kinds of friendships is like, wow, that sucks that like, that is the hill that you are willing yeah. to to die yeah. on. That like, that's the belief that you're going to hold on to. Yeah. Like, fuck. And so many of her other friends are gay too, which I'm like, how can you be surrounded by so many gay people and still be homophobic? So part of me thinks that she's gay. She doesn't want to accept it. 
but I'm not going to be here for your journey because you dug your grave. So now you have to go lay in it. Sorry, not sorry. Mm -hmm. I thought that the whole time. Yes, we said it offline. As soon as we stopped, we were like, (laughs) ah, girl, she's, yeah. yeah. And she's like, she's also four years younger than me. This I don't need friends that much younger than me. It's not suitable. How old are you again? You're young. 20, yeah, I just turned 24 in August on the 16th. Yeah, yeah, she's basically a child. Fuck London. Fuck London. Yeah. I also think that like if May wants to like maintain a friendship with her, that's also like, it's their loss, not your mm-hmm. loss. Like that's kind of like, I think that's a friendship betrayal in that sense. Yeah. And like, I think you're being very kind to kind of go about it in a way of like not wanting to make things weird with them Mm -hmm. but like yeah that to me is like there's one clear problem here Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's London and that is like that needs to be and she should be treated as the problem not like I don't know I think having separate relationships in that sense from from their side is kind of like shitty yeah but yeah sometimes people just are shitty I was a little jealous for a second because I was like for May, it'd be so much easier for her to like cut off the friendship because like she can essentially just like stay states and states away and like never have to see this girl again if she doesn't want to. And I was mm-hmm. also like, I was like, I felt like she was more affected because she has a girlfriend that like London has met, is obsessed with, talks about all the time. So I'm like, I don't get how you're still sticking around this girl. But for me, like once you do me wrong one time, I can be such a nice person. But if you like hurt me like intentionally, it's fuck you. Like I don't need you around. Yeah. yeah. So. I have too many friends in general, so some people need to fall off anyways. Reevaluating. Oh, God. Yeah. Yes. We gotta do the quiz. Because she's not the only friend I've cut yeah. off. I called in about another girl yeah. who I have since cut off because she's a horrible person and made me cry. So Yeah, fuck those friends. I wish I could tell you it gets better. It doesn't. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, we, we appreciate, appreciate you updating us. Anything for you. Just turning my life into content for you guys. And you so. know what? We thank you for that. You're welcome. And I think that's one that like uh, a lot of people in certain areas of the the country will have um, a lot of experiences with. And even I even like I said before, like I even know someone who went through this in L.A. where you think of like a very progressive kind of area that it's like homophobic people will have a way of letting you know at some point or the other. Maybe it takes laughing gas. Maybe it does not. I wish I could just download those things about you. I don't love discovering those things later on. Oof. Just be upfront. If if you know if people were truthful then and showed who they were to begin with and stop being fake, you would get a download. Well, should we take a break before we get into the calls? Let's do it. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books, so... We're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book a lot of it can feel like really daunting so to have like a service where it's like you're gonna get like high quality hardcover books which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices but also curated so it's like amazing cool wonderful great this is it's kind of like a a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like wait 
this, I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got the Ministry of Time by Killian Bradley. And we also received The Return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The Ministry of Time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from Town and Country saying it's really innovative, fun storytelling. The Ministry of Time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024. And then Harper's Bazaar also said part time travel romance, part spy thriller and 100% multifaceted joyride. <gasps> When I tell you that, I was like, sold. We're also excited about the return of Ellie Black. And this one is about a missing girl who returns. But that isn't the end of the story. It's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. And we're back. And it is time to get into the calls. Slash write-ins. Because the first one is a write-in. Love the podcast. Longtime listener. First time advice seeker. I am 24 and I use she, her pronouns. I need some advice on if finishing my degree is worth it. I've been in college for six years trying to complete my bachelor's degree in business. I've gotten good grades since I started college up until 2021. I've been stuck trying to finish the last course I have left to graduate. I took the class twice already and failed both times. I'm burned out and I've had a difficult time trying to focus. My time in college has not been ideal and has greatly affected my mental health. I feel so lost and I'm not sure what to do. I switched my major many times, so it's taking me longer to complete my degree, but I've reached the point when I'm ready to be done with school. But there's the other part of me that feels dumb that I haven't finished the last class. I don't want to feel like I wasted my time all these years. This was the first time I failed a class before and my parents didn't react well, which has made me feel like a burden to them for not completing my degree yet. I took the spring semester off and I was happy that I didn't have to worry about school. I'm retaking the course this fall and I'm already late on a few assignments, which is starting to overwhelm me again. I'm working at a hospital at my current job is not related to my degree. But if I ever wanted to progress with this job, it could help me in the future. Thank you so much. And I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say. I need the college grad to take this first. Here's the thing. You if if it was something where you're like having a degree in the area that I work, I want to work in or I am working in won't matter then I would say, you know, don't finish. If it's causing you almost all this stress and anxiety and having a toll on your mental health, I'd be like, what's the point? It's just a piece of paper at this point. But 
for you, it's not just a piece of paper because you said that you want to progress in this job or in another job in the field. And I have several questions for you as far as what you're doing to take the class. So you said that you failed it twice. Are you taking the class in person or online? Have you talked, do you go talk to your professor about the difficulties that you're having? Do you have a tutor for the class? Are you talking to your advisor and telling your advisor that, you know, I've taken this class twice. I don't understand what I'm doing. It's causing me a lot of anxiety. Because sometimes if you talk to the advisor, they can help you out in a type of way that will help you get the degree or they can point you in the direction of another class that will be equivalent to what this class is and will count toward that credit, especially if this is the absolute last class that you have to take and you can and it shows that you were making like good grades to begin with. Do you have people in the class that you're studying with? What type of test is it? And if it's the testing that's happening in the class, like is it multiple choice? Is it written out? Is that the optimal way that you take tests? And if it's not, can you talk to your advisor about your advisor or the instructor about like, I've taken this class twice. I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. It's causing me a lot of stress. I need some help. Like, are you asking for help in every way that you can? Because in college, they want you to graduate. And they will give you the resources that you need, but you may not know what resources are available to you. And so I would ask anyone there, instructor, other students, your advisor, the department head, go talk to the department head and and see what it is that they can do to help you. So that's my advice. Cool. That answered a couple of my questions because I that's how I was able to. I mean, it prevented me from getting into two schools I was waitlisted on, but it is how I was able to graduate high school was because like my advisor is able to, my high school advisor is able to find um, an equivalent to a, a, a science class that like I just could not get. Mm-hmm. And I would ask yourself, like, is part of the reason why you are behind on these assignments already and like you're behind on stuff? Is it because you have a full time like or at least a part time job? Like, is it a time thing? And is that uh, a necessary aspect of it? Because if it is, and you're like, I just don't have the brain power. It's something that's already hard for me. And then like, I don't even have the time to kind of do all that stuff because I have a full-time job. And it's like, I'm not going to quit my full-time or I'm not going to quit my part-time or full-time job that is in the, like what I want to do. I don't want to quit that because then I'm like starting from zero and it's already really hard to get a job there. Then I would, I mean, I would really advise like, this could be a teacher issue. Like, have you talked about like switching to a different teacher to do that course? Is there a community college class that is an equivalent of that? Specifically, is there a class over the summer that is that? Like, because there are, like, for somebody who, like, had a hard time academically, I had to do, I don't know if I ever did, like, official summer school, but I did, like, knowing there were certain classes that would be really hard, you could take a community college class during the summer that would, at least in high school, that was, like, equivalent to a high school course because it was, like, people were jamming those things in in the summer that you could have something that might be formatted slightly different than it would during the academic school year. I will say for an upper level class, when it's probably the the one that she needs to graduate, it's probably the one that they need to graduate. It may, it probably isn't Mm -hmm. offered at a community college level, but it may be offered in the summertime and summertime classes because it's a shorter amount of time 
it can be better for like, for example, I took my organic chem classes in the summer because I knew that they, one, they're, it's notoriously hard class. Two, an instructor that I knew was teaching it. And three, because the classes were shorter, the labs were also shorter. And so I could just like plow through it and like my attention span because class, instead of it being like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday class, it was every day of the week. And so I could focus on it better. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I really think like go talk to the people in charge and they will have tips for you because they want you to graduate. It's and not like a some like um, place where they're just trying to milk you for money and want you to keep failing classes. They want you to get out of there. Yeah, it helps their statistics for like the they want a lower amount of years for graduation rates. Um, and I would just reiterate what I said, like I strongly advise that like you get this degree because this, it is hard right now, but this is the easiest time for you to complete the gr- degree. It will only get harder mm-hmm. specifically because this is a class you're having a hard time with that like the more time and space you take away from this, the harder it's going to be to hop back in, hop back into it. So like, I think right now, utilizing all of the resources that you have, I don't think you will ever regret finishing it. Yes. And then also I'll add on to something I just thought of. Because you're in your sixth year, you're now considered a non-traditional student or whatever the term is that you have at your school. And non-traditional students also have more, at, at least at my school, they had a, there's additional resources. And I feel like this would be everywhere mm-hmm. where they offer tutoring that would be free. They also, um, if you're just trying to finish this one class, there might be scholarships that are available to you. Um, as a non-trad student. And then also they will help you find jobs too if you don't want to be in this job anymore. I actually, at my school, I I was working in the non-traditional, oh, because they paid the most on campus. <laughs> it was the highest paid campus job. And um, there are students just like you. And we had a whole bunch of resources for them. Yeah, I, I think that like where, where there's a will, there's a way. And something I like think about is like, there are people who graduate colleges, specifically athletes. There is a whole system of like ways to get college athletes who are spending all of their time doing their sport and not so much time doing academics, like depending on the sport, that it's like they want everyone to succeed. They've already set up these avenues for people to graduate and succeed that aren't necessarily acing all of your classes and passing all of your classes in the most traditional sense. Like they know everybody has different capabilities. And it can be hard when you're not an athlete to think like, oh, well, that's what they bring to the table. That's why they can have these different treatments and have these different things that like help them succeed. But at the end of the day, like these schools are institutions. They want lower year graduation rates. They want they want you to succeed because they want you to donate money to them afterwards. And so mm-hmm. just know that they are looking out for you. And I think we should all have the confidence of a college athlete, you know, because yep. they are making money off of all of us. All right, next one. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm going to jump straight in. I'm 30 years years old and I have been in a relationship for seven years with my boyfriend who is 33 years old. I guess because I turned 30 recently, I've been thinking a lot about my future and kind of started panicking a bit about goals that I want to achieve. The conversation about marriage came up. I brought it up because my boyfriend never seems to do so. We have already discussed that he is more focused on his career and feels like he needs to still figure out what he wants to do, 
how he can achieve his goals and not so much spending any thoughts about our future together. I know he loves me and I love him very, very much. We are a great team and I love life with him. This is the reason why it irritates me so much when I hear him say that he doesn't feel the need to think about our future together because he is happy the way it is. So he is more focused on the parts of his life that, according to him, still need improvements. I know that I'm much more of a family person than he is and I do like the idea of celebrating our love in a traditional way making it official, being husband and wife. And even though we are both not ready to have kids right now, I also do see us having that at some point. He said that he has negative feelings about marriage, maybe because of his parents' divorce, and that he doesn't necessarily want that ever. We had a long and emotional talk and decided to give couples therapy a shot. We don't really have communication issues, but I don't know, maybe a therapist can put things better in perspective for us. I really feel my heart aching when I think about losing him. I really can't imagine life without him, but also I'm very scared and not sure if I can give up my wish of marrying someone, because currently I'm at the point of feeling fr frustrated whenever I see couples getting engaged. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Thank you. First of all, I'm so sorry. That like takes a toll on you because I think specifically like I really don't like how he's like phrased this and like has kind of mm -hmm. like defended his point because a relationship to work on a relationship and to think like, oh, this isn't something that I like need to work on. Like things always get better. It's not that there has to be like a problem there, but like I don't want to be stagnant. Like I don't want like to never grow. Like I, I like the fact that when you're with someone for when you choose to be with someone for the rest of your life, like you're making that active choice to like love them more every day. Like you're always wanting to be better and to like be happier and to do all of that. And that doesn't mean that you're unhappy or things aren't good, but to kind of just like write it off that like you're a box that's been checked that you don't have to think about again. That's just inconsiderate to me. And like, that's the, no matter how much you love life with him, I would be really hurt by that phrasing because to me, that would just be like, I don't consider you or think about you because I don't have to. And then it's like, so then would I actually then do I need to then do we need to be unhappy for you to put the time and effort and energy into this? It just it, it doesn't feel like a priority. And even if that's not how he meant it, like I would take like that, I that like the phrasing of how he said this would really hurt me. I, I think couple therapy is a great call. I think like it's very valid for some people to not want to get married. I don't think it's a cool for someone to say, you know, I, you know, I'm really focused on my career. This is just, it's not a big priority for me. But then to follow up, maybe I never want to get married. Like, that's not cool. Like, you need to have this, like, if you never want to get married, then you have to say you never want to get married. But the kind of stringing along thing, he might not know what he wants, but then like he needs to figure it out. And then that needs to become a priority is figuring that out. Because I don't think it's fair for you because you're kind of holding on to this limbo. And you know, I'm never going to tell someone that like, because you want marriage and your partner doesn't like, you should leave because you won't be like, you know, you honestly like leaving and breaking up that might be devastating to you. And like, you might be hella fucking unhappy. And like, it might be easier for you to kind of move past the uh, notion of what you had wanted for your life was was marriage, when in depending on where you're located, it can be whether it's a party, or it's a piece of paper, or it's something that is like legally binding thing that affects like your taxes and affects all of those other things and like medical stuff. And so like, I think like logistics aside, if I were in your position, I would tell him I'm right now, I need you to figure out if you 
if marriage is something that you are going to want ever, or if it's not something you're ever going to want. And while you take the time to figure that out, I'm also going to take the time to figure out if that's a deal breaker for me. And then we'll come back and we will talk like, let's say like two weeks or something. We give each other to kind of think on this or a week, whatever it is, not long. And we're going to come back and we're then going to talk about this in therapy. Like this is going to be the place where we speak about it because you're both allowed to have strong feelings about this and it's allowed to be a deal breaker for the both of you. But you're not allowed to even process if this is a deal breaker for you because he's not even telling you if it is a deal breaker or not. Like it's just so wishy-washy that it's just not, that's just really not fair for me. Like, because I always think that I can get over, get through anything, but I need to, I need to, I need to start the process. And like right now the process hasn't even started. So whether that's like getting over, mourning the life that you had thought and mourning a marriage, but you're still going to stay in the relationship or if it's mourning this relationship and leaving this relationship to get like what you want as like the final outcome. But I, I do think that having like parents with like a shitty relationship, which like I understand, like I think using that as a, so I don't even, I'm not sure if I, like if that's made you not want to get married, that's totally fine. But to kind of use this as like an, I don't know, maybe to me that just screams like you have not, you've not done the work. You've not unpacked your own traumas here. And so like you're kind of throwing it up in the air, hoping it's going to land where it's supposed to land. But like you actually have to put that work in there. Like if your own past and your parents' relationship is holding you back from like making a definitive decision about your future, it is not like the person who you're with who's going to change that. Like you actively, he actively has to work on that and has to change that. And I think that is a really good thing to do in therapy. I, I just I think when you're in a relationship with someone, it shouldn't be on the back burner. Like it shouldn't be something that you're like, I, I, I don't I just don't want to think about our relationship. So because things as they are, they're stagnant. And I don't think that this relationship needs to have any growth. And in any relationship, there should constantly be growth. People should be trying to better themselves. And I don't understand why he can't be focused on his career, but also focused on you. Why can't he multitask both of these things? Because that means that you're not a priority to him and your relationship is not a priority to him. And if it were a priority, then he wouldn't, he would be thinking about the future. And then my question for you is, do you want to be married to him or do you just want to be married? Because you said that um, you see other people getting married and you never like imagine not being married. So is it him or is it you? Like, is this something that you want for your future specifically with him? Or is this something that you want just to be married? And do you feel like that he is the person that you want to spend your the rest of your life with and that he is the person that you want to marry? Is he showing you characteristics of someone that you want to be committed to for the rest of your life? And if he's not showing those characteristics and does not want to develop those characteristics while he's actively in a relationship with you, then maybe this isn't the person that you're supposed to marry. Yeah, I agree with that. Like I would ask yourself how much of the um how much of the emotional labor in this relationship are you carrying? Who brought up the idea of going to couples therapy? Who found the therapist? Like how much of this that like is the reason why 
he's not considering you or making you a priority because you make his life a hell of a lot easier. Like, and like, Mm -hmm. he doesn't have to. And in that case, like, no matter how much you love someone, someone who views you as like a someone who like makes their life easier and a lot more convenient with all of the unpaid emotional labor that you do, Mm -hmm. that is someone who if they can't look at it and go, I want to reciprocate this and be the better, I see this person who I'm with, like growing and being a better person every day and like doing so many great things for me. If that is the instinct is not to immediately reciprocate that and to also propel, move forward and grow as an individual, he's not going to do that. And he's not going to do that whether you're married or not. And he's especially not going to do that. If you have children, he will revert Mm -hmm. the exact opposite. And you will be carrying a lot of that there. So I also think point blank, if something is important to your partner and you know that it's important to your partner, the only reason why you should be like not doing that or shutting that down is because you have strong beliefs that it goes against that you have very clear and strong boundaries, but just kind of a wishy-washy like, um, I don't know, maybe it's like, if you don't feel that strongly about it, that means the other person feels far more strongly about it. And like, that's then that's what we should be going with because I care about making you happy. There's something that like, I don't give it like something as trivial as like, let's say like, you know, people always talk about couples. One person likes pickles, one person doesn't. And it's like, this person loves pickles and you have, you go out to eat and you get burgers and there's a pickle that comes with each. And they're like, oh, are you going to eat that pickle? Like, I love pickles. I would love to have that. And it's like, mm, I don't know, maybe. I, I mean, I don't really like care that much about pickles, but like, I'll let you know. And it's like, what? Like, you know how happy this would make the other person and you know how much they care about it. Clearly, they care about it more than you do. And so therefore, like when I love someone, I want to make them happy. And knowing that this person mm-hmm. has handed me something that would bring me so much joy and make me so happy and I get to witness that and see that and be a part of that, sign me the fuck up. But like yeah. kind of dangling it in front of that is, I think, cruel because you clearly don't care enough about it or have enough disdain for it to have a strong stance yeah and like when I'm in a relationship I like to take care of my partner and I like to also be taken care of and I understand that every day it's not going to be like a 50 50 thing some days it's going to be 40 60 whatever the fraction percentage is But at the end of the day, we should both have each other's back and should be making each other better and not worse or making the other person just sad and not. And when you get to the point where you can't give the other person something that they want and is a deal breaker for them, then that's no longer the person that you should be with. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, And I would ask him why he doesn't want to get married, because like if the fear is I don't want to get divorced or I don't want like whatever that is, like. That needs to be unpacked because he needs to figure out if this is related to your relationship or if it's related to the trauma of his parents' relationship. And then it's like, okay, well, you have to do that work. So even if we get married, if your constant fear is this X, Y, and Z thing happening, that doesn't disappear as soon as we get married. Like it's, yeah, that's, yeah. Because anybody can leave your life at any time but when they don't. And I feel like you should go into marriage as if like, it should be like, if you're not happy, I don't want you here. Like, I don't think like you should go into a marriage and be like, we're just going to stick it out because we're supposed to stick it out. Like yeah. every day in any type of a marriage, any friendship, like if we, if the, if problems arise that neither one of us want to fix, 
and we're not happy, then we shouldn't be here. Yeah. And you shouldn't go in just thinking negatively about what the relationship is and just like, I don't want to get married because I don't want to get divorced. That's bullshit. Yeah, I think it it says a lot about the person for the reason why they don't want to get married. And like, it's not, it doesn't have to be a bad thing, but like people who are divorced, when they're like, oh, I don't want to get married again, I've been divorced. I'm like, understand You've that. Been You've through been through yeah. a divorce. You don't want to go through that again. Or if it's something that like, you watched a one parent bleed the other parent dry, it says a lot about, then it's like, okay, do you view me like that there? Like, it says mm-hmm. a lot about whether they, what not necessarily what they think about you, but like how they view relationships, how transactional they view them and um, how much they've worked through their own, their own bullshit. And like, I was definitely someone who like, I theoretically always wanted to get married, but I was like, I don't think that I will ever conceptually I was like I like the idea of being married but I just could never see myself wanting to be with someone for like my entire like yeah I did not grow up with a good representation of that but that was like on me like I didn't I couldn't fathom liking someone enough that I want to spend all that time with them and also feeling comfortable enough to spend that much time with someone and so like that was on me it wasn't a belief system I held Mm-hmm. depending on the relationship that I had. Like it was not a reflection of the relationship. That was an individual thing. And like I went into relationships like knowing that about myself. And then when I was in the right relationship and then when I put the work in for myself, then it was like, oh, okay. I want to do this because like, I like you said, like I, I don't, you're the only person I want to fight with. You're the only person I want mm-hmm. to work through these issues with everyone else. I'm just out, like I'm going to dip. But like, this is the first time that like, I actually like want to work through them. I want to solve these problems. I want to move past these things. And that takes effort and work and like uh, active participants to do that. And if he's not doing that, he's just, he's not going to. And yeah, I would be really frustrated, especially if he like shuts down these conversations or trivializes them because it's, there's never going to be enough time then. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm really sorry. And I really hope that you are able to get some clarity with this. And also, like, I know that you're in couples therapy, but are you in individual therapy as well? Because sometimes you might be in couples therapy and people are just showing who they are in couples therapy and not being their true selves. And when you go into individualized therapy, that person can just hear your side of what's happening and can give a different perspective for you. Yeah. All right. We're going to take another break. And when we get back, we'll get into the rest of the episode. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And we're back, and it's time to get into the rest. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I need advice on how to tell my friends that I might be getting back with a guy that they don't like. So I'm 28 years old, and I've been with a guy for a a few years, but only seriously for like two. He's almost 41 years old. I lived with him at his apartment for a while, but I moved out a few months ago for space, but we still remain together. We've always had an up-and-down relationship, and we will argue. My friends have never liked him, and they make that quite clear to me. About six weeks ago, things just got a bit too much for me one night, and I ended things with him, and it did feel quite final to me. When I told my best friends, they obviously checked if I was okay, but then they celebrated. One of them stood up and was dancing around and spoke about having a breakup party. It did make me feel quite rubbish. But as time has gone on, I miss him. I have met up with him a few times and it's been really good. But I haven't told my friends this. Now I'm stuck. I feel a bit embarrassed if I get back with him because of their initial reaction. They were clearly happy it ended and I've been so supportive of me since. I'm worried what to do if I do end up back with him. I don't want them to be mad at me. How do I approach the situation? I don't want to continue to lie to them. I'm just a bit stuck and can use some advice. Please be harsh if you need to be, but then I also might cry. <laughs> I love you both and the podcast. Bye. With love, we're going to be very harsh, my girl. And it's not just because, like, you told us we could. No, it's because we love you. Yes. We deeply love you. You didn't give us any specific reasons as to why they don't like him. Because the reasons are valid. 
and you don't want us to know or mm-hmm. you they don't even need to tell you what the reasons are you already know like it doesn't even have to be a conversation here like there has been no there's a miscommunication here like there's this it's like there you do not discredit their feelings about him because they are you know that they're valid and the whole like what should i do if i end up back with him it's like just don't like this isn't like you're not going to fall in his lap this does not need to be something like this. But like, I'm just going to tell you right now, a tumultuous on again, off again, up and down relationship with a man who is over 10 years old, over 10 years older than you for years. And it was only serious for two of those years. And you live together and then you move out and you, you know, all of those things. This is not your person. And like, this is this chapter closed so long ago. And that's why it's so up and down and tumultuous. Like when we keep revisiting like parts of our life that we have lived already. And like we have we've gotten everything out of them that we've like got this life experience and we keep going back to it. It doesn't move forward. It doesn't progress. Like we're just going, it is, we're going back and looking at the memories again and trying to relive it and just play house and do those things. Like there's a reason why this is doing that. It's because like you're drinking spoiled milk. Like expiration date has already fucking happened. That's the reason why. And especially like having this like shift and change in heart in six weeks, like this is because you keep staying in contact, you keep talking, you go back, like you can only miss someone when missing is a, a crucial stage in moving on past someone or a breakup. And if you cave and give in to the missing part, you're then then we're starting from square one all over again. Mm-hmm. Like missing someone is not an indicator that you made the wrong, you made a mistake. Like that is just the first step of grieving, your mourning, like you need to get past all of those steps and live a hell of a lot more life in six weeks to then be like, okay, we've recovered from this. We've done X, Y, and Z from all of this. And more importantly, I will say, if you are worried about what your friends think, that is a clear indicator that you should not be with this person. Like there is times where it's like, you know, you can know, and I've been there where like, you know how people feel about something and you don't give a shit. And it's because like, I know, I know it's good for me. And I, and I genuinely do not care what you think. And then, then that is like, that's, that's all there is to it. But if you are worried about their perception of you or him or what this means or anything like that, that is an indicator that you trust and believe them and, or you know that their grievances are real, factual, and that there has been no, (laughs) there is nothing you could say to change their mind. There is none of that. Like all you can do is essentially prove to people by being in a much healthier and better relationship and having them see that. But they're not going to see that because that's not what's happened. Yeah, I, I want to know specifics of why they don't like him. But honestly, it doesn't matter that much because there's multiple of them that don't like him. Like a lot of friends don't like He's him. He's also too old, regardless if your yes. friends didn't even like him. Yes, they're too old, but they're also like cheering and want to throw a party that speaks volumes. And so like for you to be on and off with somebody that is 40, 41, um, almost 41, while you're in your 20s, this is just not, this is not the part, it shouldn't be this much work and this, hard where you have all this back and forth and you can't decide what you actually want and 
you you lived with them and then moved out like that's not that's that's not a good sign that's not a good sign at all because that means that you weren't ready to spend your life with this person and it's only been a few weeks and neither let's say like you're like no this is the one what work have both of y'all done to make sure that this is actually the one like this is the person that you're supposed to be with no work you haven't had enough time to do any work to better yourselves and that it's not going to get better if y'all are fully in a committed relationship you haven't even stopped talking during any of this time nothing has been fixed it's just that like megan said you miss each other and so you've never had that reset so no i'm with your friends y'all aren't supposed to be together and if you're ashamed to tell your friends who you're with then that also speaks volumes yeah and just know that like you've heard so many calls on this podcast of people who their friends are getting back with toxic relationships and it's like how do i support the friend and like you know at a certain point that like those friends might not be able to stay your friends at this time like it might be too hard for them and it's what do you who do you want and what do you want like moving forward like these people who so clearly care about you so much and like sometimes i think that like when our picker is wrong and our friends have a gut feeling about someone even if you wholeheartedly disagree humor them humor Mm -hmm. them don't talk to him for six months see what happens see how much better like see all of those things because you are so in the thick of it that like at that point like you need someone else to be your eyes and your ears and your decision maker and your brain and like if you care about your friends and you love them, if you made like a list of all of like the things that how the ways they have treated you and all of that, and you compare it to him, who's winning? And like that, like a, a relationship, relationships all are based in the same things. And then some we add, may or may not be adding romantic or sexual aspects too. But if this person was, if he was just your friend, would you tolerate these behaviors? Like, where is this coming from? And notice that like, if you wouldn't take this behavior from a friend, you can't take this behavior from him. And then knowing that like the more you accept the behavior and your friends watch you accept it and accept it and accept it, you're leading to your own destruction in the sense of you will start accepting poor behavior from other people as well. You can't keep it isolated in one aspect of your life. And like Melissa said, like I moving out after having lived with someone I think is the clearest fucking indicator that it's not going to work. Because when you live together, the whole point is you have to make, you make things work because you live together. But like, if you can't, then you can't. And it's not like, okay, well then we'll just date and like never like live together. Like this is not to be like cheesy, but like, is this a story that you envision telling people like that when you like, what if you like make it work and you do like, do you envision this? Like, is this a story that you, you want to tell and also do you envision these friends being at your wedding like do you envision this like how do you see all of this going because i promise you that like to sacrifice everything in your life your relate your friendships like your future all of that for someone like that person better be better than any other person you've ever met but mm-hmm. like he's not to to put yourself and put the other people that in your life through all of this for something that like ultimately you're just trying to hold on to something that was once good and that was once exciting. Like, let that be what it was. Because the more you tarnish this with like the furthering and trying again and trying again, those good memories are going to become fewer and fewer and fewer. And you just need the space. Like you need the time and the fucking space away because you, you're you not letting yourself actually 
get past step one. Right. I personally do think that if somebody if somebody moves in with somebody too quick and they move out, like they realize that they like this isn't going to work and they move out. I do think they can come back from it, but you have to figure out why things didn't work and again, work on yourself and then go back to it. But like years, six weeks, like, yeah, it's got to be time. There's got to be some time between. I, I would even say like, like six months could be it, but like, depending on where you are in your maturity level and how much work you're putting into figuring things out, but like not a few weeks. Mm-mm. No. And if this is it's only serious for two years, you said, but it had been going on longer than that, that puts you at 26. And let's say if it's four years total, you're at 24 mm-hmm. and he's in his late 30s. He, this man has already taken up far too much time. Of, he's taken up too much time of your life and he does not deserve any more time here. And like, if you're going to date someone so much older than you, they need to have all of their shit sorted out. There needs to be no problems. They need to be like the most therapized, mature, favorite person your friends all love. They need to have a condo. They need to have multiple cars. They need to have a vacation home. Like They need to have like absolutely anything and everything and have absolutely nothing wrong with them. Like it needs to be like coasting. Like if you're going to do that and he's not that. And there's a reason why he's dating people younger. It's because he is not up to the level of his peers. And he's not even up to the level of your peers. Right. And that's... Fair point. That's Fair a point. fucking flag. That's not even a red... That's just like, you're seeing red everywhere you go. There's not even an outline of a flag. It's just everything is fucking red. So you deserve so much better than this. And even if you can't see it, your friends can. So like, you can like ride in the passenger seat of your life for a while. Like let them... And you can tell them like, hey, I really need to lean on you. Like I'm mortified that like, I went back to him. We've been texting and like, I'm hella fucking embarrassed. And like, I shouldn't do this. I never left him. Yeah. It's like, I shouldn't do, I know I shouldn't do this, but I really want to. And like, I need you all to hold me accountable. I need you to like nonstop talk about how awful he is. I need you to prompt me to talk about how awful he is. I need you to like delete his number in my phone, like lean on your friends as like, I would do that for my, if my friend needed that, I would be fucking there in a heartbeat. Cause like, we know, everyone knows what it's like to go back to someone who's not, or like to whether it's go back to someone or pine for someone who is like so bad for you, like you need your village and you need your arm, you need your support system. And to like, let them, let them support you. Yeah. All right. Give us an update, please. Even if it's not something you want to share on the podcast. Yeah. All right. Next one. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I am 22 and use she, her pronouns. I'm writing to you for advice regarding unrequited feelings for someone very important in your life. I'm a senior in college and have been friends with Justin, 22, he, him, for four years now. He and I are from similar places over a 14-hour drive from our college. We have a great deal in common, so we became fast friends. When we first met, he was in a long-term relationship with his high school sweetheart, and I was in a relationship with someone from college. Over the course of our friendship, both of us went through rough patches, bringing us closer together, and I would say we both consider each other our best friends. Recently, we are participating in a project together where we had to work very closely. I can provide a little context for you and Melissa, but I don't want to be too specific. This project had some pretty heavy subject matter that hit home for both of us and made me realize two things. One, I needed to step back from this topic, and two, that I had been suppressing feelings that I have for him. In the past, I've had a hard time differentiating between strong feelings of friendship and when I like or love someone. I know for a fact he does not feel the same way about me as he tells me who he does like. 
I do not want to tell him how I feel as I know it will hurt our friendship and I don't want to lose a great friend. If you have any recommendations on how to help yourself move on from feelings that are not reciprocated, I would appreciate that. I mean, okay, so I don't want to give like false hope, but like some people say they like someone and they like don't know. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it could be not an option. And like I have done that before. Like I've so done that with people, especially because I'm someone who chronically dates friends. I don't know anyone who has dated a friend where you haven't been like you tell them who your crushes are and all of that kind of like it just happens. You can have crushes on multiple people but there could be somebody that you actually like 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 and you also don't think that they reciprocate your feelings so you talk about the other crushes to throw them off so yeah he could like you but i don't want to give you false hope but i do think that if you i think i think you need to i think you should tell him and here's why I think so too. because you're going to continue to create this false narrative you're going to continue to create this narrative in your head of what you think the relationship could be and why it could be good. And if you're going to remain friends with him, that's never going to go away because you're always going to have this imagination of how good the relationship will, could, will be. But that's just your imagination. And your imagination is always going to be better than reality because you don't have two people that are, you know, somebody left a wet tile on the floor and you can't fight about that. You're imagining what you want this relationship to be and it's going to be the best possible scenario in your head. So are y'all going to remain friends? Because senior year, y'all could never talk to each other anymore. So are you going to remain friends outside of college? Are you going to be still living in the same area? Um, are y'all going to hang out all the time? Are y'all still going to be doing similar? You gave us context and I don't want to say what it is, but are y'all still going to be in that same type of group setting where this type of thing could come up because you were playing make, you're playing make believe in your head. If y'all are still going to be friends and you want to be his friend, I think you need to tell him or else you're just going to keep creating these false narratives. If you like get to the point where you're like, oh, we're not going to be in the same place, you may not be friends anymore, but you still might think of him as the one that got away. And so you're still going to be creating an imagination and that may not be healthy for future relationships that you try to get into because you still might be thinking of him. So actually, in any situation, I think you tell now that I've talked it out amongst myself, I think you should tell him. I, I agree. the The friendship will be ruined either way because you will have to take it because he's your best friend. Like mm-hmm. this is a difference between having a crush on a friend versus like someone who you're really close with. Because the only thing that has shifted is now you're attracted to him essentially, or like assume assumingly that. So you've already gotten to like the got, getting to know him. Like you've you've gotten the emotional aspect, which I think is harder. So you can't just like shut it off if he was a crush and this was a friend the advice to get over a crush is to distance yourself you can't distance yourself from him without that affecting your friendship so like no matter what this will affect your friendship and so the best way to do this is to be honest and you know i will say after that the advice i would give you like you know if the he you're saying he doesn't reciprocate those feelings let's operate on under that assumption you tell him i would say you phrase it in a sense of like hey i just want to let you know that like i need to take a step back from our friendship for a bit. Um, After we did that 
thing together, it made me realize that I have developed like romantic feelings for you and I value our friendship so much. I know you have feelings for this other person and I um, need in order to like, I thought about it and like, I wondered if I could just like stay with our relationship with where it's at. But like, I do think I need to have like a little bit of space to kind of get over this. And I just wanted to like, let you know that and that I really care about you. But like, I, I really, yeah. So that, that just, just as a heads up, say that you don't, don't, you know, putting that on you, not in a sense of like, how do you feel about me? Like just count, he can offer that up if he wants to. And then from there for you, when you're taking that space, think of things about him that would give you the ick. Like think about things that are like, like literally look up things that give you the ick and just picture him doing those things. And like, think of like the things that you want in someone like, don't watch rom-coms. Don't watch all of those things where you can like, like Melissa said, you'll have this fantasy and this idea of him. Don't do anything where you can kind of slot him into these different roles. Like anytime you think about him, like redirect in the sense of like, think about him doing something like, ooh, that would give me the ick. Or like, ooh, that would, like, ooh, not the vibe, not the vibe. And throw yourself into other things there and other friendships that you can like work on at that time and know that you can go back to that friendship. But like most of like you're, you're young. You don't know where your like lives are going to take you after school. And I will also say, Again, we're not saying what the context was. That experience can give you goggles. So mm-hmm. you might have, this person else might be very good at it. And so like you might have had these goggles on that like when you actually take this step away from the friendship for a little bit, you might realize like, oh shit, that's like so not what that was. Like that was, I was in a circumstance in a situation and I was caught up in it. And that's not how I feel about like the real life you and the real life me. So you, but you do need space for that. And that space cannot be fantasizing. That space has to be like constructive and redirection. And these are all of the things that I don't like about you in a romantic way. Yep. And I'm going to give you two examples of both possibilities of this. I had a friend in college and he used to talk shit about this girl all the time, like all the time. And I was like, why are you so concerned with her? She had the same name as me too. I was like, why are you so concerned with her? He was in love with her and he was Mm -hmm. trying to fight the feelings and they are happily married now with multiple children. Like they, it was just like, he wasn't being truthful for what he was feeling. He finally told her and they were good. Then a specific situation with me, I had a friend that we were very close. One of these friends, like we would drink together, like in our friend group. And like, whenever people drink together, we all got a little flirty and touchy. For some reason, I was straddling him. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and he was like, why haven't we hooked up? And I was like, I don't think of you in that way at all. Despite the current situation. Yeah. I was just like, we're having fun, you know, we're yeah. we're just hanging out. And then like now we're we are still very close friends, but he is truly like my brother. And he calls me his sister. And he is married to another one of our friends that's in our was in our friend group. Like, and they have beautiful children and they are a great couple. So like there's different, you know, scenarios here, and it can turn out one of two ways. If he's your actual friend, you're still going to remain being friends. 
Yeah. And like you could date and then you also could break up and like things mm-hmm. could go well and then they don't go well for a bit after there. But I think holding on to a relationship to where it's at at that current point only works if both of you are at that current point. You're not at that current point anymore. And so like there is no holding on to what it was. So what can we do moving forward? Yeah. Well, best of luck. Let us know how it goes. And yeah, I would also say, I don't know how recently you've done this thing together, but I would at least give it three weeks before you even say that you have feelings because like those might completely go away. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, that's the end of the episode. Wow. Amazing. Wonderful. We hope you all enjoyed. If you did, please leave us a review. You can go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for the podcast. You can also use Spotify to leave a review for specific episodes. And uh, as as always, or maybe this is your first time listening and you did not know, we have a whole multiverse of other podcasts. Once you subscribe to this feed, you will get all of them. So tomorrow we have See You Next Tuesday. We skip Wednesday so you can... Actually, this Wednesday, you might get the episode early because it's Thanksgiving week and I... Oh, yeah. So you might get... Don't hold her to it, though, everyone. Don't hold me to it, but no. you might get But Am I Wrong on Wednesday and no episode on Thursday. We'll see. Then we have Thursday or maybe this week Wednesday. We have uh, uh, But Am I Wrong, which is where we ethically shit talk, as well as uh, Fisting Friday, where you read the results of the episode prior of But Am I Wrong. But we also, you know, sometimes chitty and chat chat. And it's a wonderful, amazing, fantastic time. And what a wonderful slate of content for you if you are spending time over the holidays with people who you dislike throw a little airpod in there put your hair down no one will know the wiser <laughs> Spin we'll just be us. right in there yeah hang on us we'll chill with you um and we also have a patreon where you can listen to the episodes ad free and you can also join um for our live streams that we have twice a month and video versions of all the podcasts so you can see the facial expressions and we've got some more fun things coming for you over there check it out so that's it for today Goodbye. Bye. Don't Blame Me is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa D. Monts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production sound and editing by Coco Lorenz. Production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. And music by Giacomo Picasso and Ryan Hunter.